Before we get into the episode today, I have an exciting announcement. We are gearing up to do another round of Wanting It More, which starts on September 28th. And if you are interested in learning a little bit more about my philosophy, what Wanting It More entails, and to really go away with some clear action steps, I encourage you to join my free live class. I have been running this class for years now and get amazing feedback from it. You do not have to do the full program to receive the benefits. The live class is called Wanting It More 101, Increase Interest and Enjoyment Without Pressure or Guilt. And the times are on September 11th at 10 a.m. Pacific and Thursday, September 14th, at 1 p.m. Pacific. It is really quite an incredible experience to come live. You'll see that there are hundreds of women who are all saying very similar things to what you are thinking. I will prove to you that you are not alone, that you are not broken, and I will show you in a very step-by-step way the reasons why you are feeling a lack of desire and also what to do about it. There will be a Q&A at the end, and I do hope that you can attend just for that portion because the questions that are asked are quite amazing. Of course, there will be a recording. I understand that not everyone can attend at that time, and the recording will be available until the 26th of September, which is also the deadline to join Wanting It More. If you want access to the recording but can't attend live, just simply sign up and register at janadentonhouse.com slash free class and you will receive a recording automatically within about 24 hours of the class that you registered for. If you are worried about attending a Zoom call and potentially having people identify you as coming to a class about sex, I totally get it. That is why I use a special feature on Zoom so that your camera, your microphone, your name, none of that is displayed. People only see my face and hear me. If you do want to participate in the conversation, there is a chat feature, which a lot of people will use since the class is quite interactive and you can always give yourself a different name if you want to remain anonymous. All right, well, that's it. I hope that you do attend the class. I'd love to see you there. If your husband wants to join too, that's completely great. It is geared towards women, but I do find that couples uh, find a lot of benefit joining together. That's it. I hope you enjoy the episode for this week. Welcome back to the Wanting It More podcast. Today, I have a special treat. We are joined uh, by Stuart. Stuart uh, just completed Wanting It More with his wife in this last round, and he courageously agreed to come on and share his experience with all of you. So Stuart, I'm so grateful that you decided to do this. And why don't you let us know a little bit about who you are? Hi, Jenna. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, So... Uh, yes, I just completed the WIM course. I am uh, 37 years old. I have been married to my wife. I've known my wife for 19 years, and I've been married 12. And uh, we have uh, two beautiful girls who are, uh, at, the, at this time, uh, eight and six. Um, and we live in the U.S. Yeah, you got married pretty young. We did. Did we? I I don't know. What Twelve the, years, twenty five, we around that. Yeah, yeah. I had just finished uh, grad school. We were engaged for two whole years because it timed out well that I would be done with my graduate studies, um, and and the whole the plan was sort of we met freshman year of college, and so then I I did five years of undergrad, and she did too, and and I did a master's straight away for a two year thing, and and. Then we planned it. Okay, we'll get married right after grad school's done, and move into an apartment, and and get jobs, and start our life together. And more or less, that's kind of how it panned out. What did you do your master's in? I am a uh, I'm a choir director, a music teacher. Get out of town and, and a vocalist. Wow. So yeah, and and my wife is a music teacher too. So we were both in the music program at our college, and and met freshman year. Uh, so it's a very much a birds of a feather kind of tale, I suppose. 
That's really beautiful. I have a have a very close um, affinity to choir directors because my daughter actually just came back from London. She was there on a, a festival for choirs. So, oh, fabulous! It's just such a such a gift in our life, and music is just what a service to the world. So, thank you for your service. <laughs> my pleasure. It's a, it's a joy. It's a wonderful career. So since this podcast is about sex, why don't we sort of dive right into maybe let's starting in the earlier days of your life. Did you receive any education about sex? Did you have a lot of unlearning to do later on? Yeah, just what were, what was it like as a boy and teenager growing up? Yeah, um, I, I, I had what I would dare say was a normal childhood, which I know doesn't really exist, but, but I grew up in a, in a, in a family, a, a healthy family with two parents and an older brother. I also had an extended family of aunts and uncles in relatively close proximity that, that sort of helped raise me. Um, um, I am, I identify as Christian. My family raised me with Christian values, um, went to church every week, uh, whether I wanted to or not some weeks. Um, and, and uh, my, my sex education was was it, it it happened in terms of i i i took a class in high school about like here this is a penis this is a vagina and and that class also addressed like good education like here's here's the what contraceptives do and here's here's the probability and you know it was it was a good i remember that class because i learned a lot just about like oh um, this is how my body works from a biologic standpoint. Um, I had I had a conversation with my father about sex, which was very awkward. He didn't want to give it. I didn't want to hear it. I was I was fourteen or fifteen, and and it was clearly like he just decided, okay, I, I, we need to just knuckle down and have this talk. And uh, he's a quiet man by nature and so it was a lot of just me sitting uncomfortably just right just kind of sweating and and going like this is awkward but i we kind of got through it and it was it was a good talk it was centered around sort of you know you need to love the person you you need to uh, you know understand uh, we a little bit about like you know you'll have certain urges and one of the things you can do is masturbate and one of the things you know but but you need to be aware of of health and diseases and getting people pregnant and really shouldn't do that before marriage and really shouldn't have sex before marriage and so that was kind of what I was taught and and um uh, that was my parents I think experience neither of them had sex before marriage they both met in high school they were high school sweethearts and, and, I, and I, i'm almost certain although i've never asked them this that, that they were each other's first sexual partner and so that was kind of my background growing up um um and we i'm excited to talk about cultural messages because i was i was inundated with them uh as as all men were um from the media what so so in any way anyway be, being a teenager or even growing into becoming you know finishing high school going to college as a man a young man who had not had sex um and had only some only kind of made out with girls or or some some wandering hand stuff the weird dating in high school which by the time i got to college i knew was sort of stupid just i wasn't they weren't relationships it was just me tr just trying to fit in trying to be cool it was it was you had a certain status if you had a girlfriend in high school I went to a public school a medium to large size public school and I I was I was awkward I was not good with girls I <laughs> um I didn't I didn't date a lot of people and so I got to college and um all I really knew about sex beyond the weird class and the weird talk with my dad was media and and I know you've talked a lot on your I'm sure on your podcast about sort of what that is and um and I I had no other reference and I kind of bought into it or just assumed well yeah that's how the world works um 
sex has to be this passionate, climactic, sweaty, dramatic event that occurs. And if you're in a healthy relationship, it's occurring at a certain frequency. And every time it's mind blowing because that's how it is in the movies. And it involves penetrative sex. It involves, um, you know, there, there are certain criteria. Here's a bullet list. You got to tick all these off and that's sex or, or really one or maybe two that are like, if those aren't. And I, I remember, I remember a book I read. I don't remember what, which book that my parents handed me when I started asking about, uh, you know, starting puberty uh, when I was a boy and, and, they had terms like necking and petting and quote unquote doing everything but and foreplay and a lot of words that were kind of I think common in culture but this was a book to educate young men about here's what here's how it works so I read it and absorbed it okay and that model kind of it, it created that linear path towards a penetrative male orgasm moment which is what I thought was the goal was, and that, and that either a girlfriend or a wife, uh, you, I, that was the sign of a healthy relationship, regardless before marriage, after marriage. But just if two people loved each other very, very much, um, that was that would happen, along with all the other things that were supposed to be a part of a good relationship: communication, trust, uh, the, the values. I just took, I put sex on that same shelf as one of the values. These are what a good relationship is, and that includes a really healthy sex life, which looks like X, Y, Z. Um, so there, that's that's kind of how we got to that's that's how I felt molded until I met Lisa when I met Lisa. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Lisa, yeah, I'll I'll end it there for the sake of I, I can ramble on easily. Oh, keep on going. <laughs> it's great. Okay. Well, so I met Lisa, um, and it took um, it we 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 it took two years of dating before we had sex for the first time. And I I worded it I worded it that way. It took two years because um, I was ready to have sex much sooner than that. But she she was not. She grew up Catholic, and was nervous about sex and and was nervous about sex before marriage she knew her parents would not agree um and i and wanted to feel like i was serious wanted to feel like this relationship was serious and and was not just and and i honored and respected and agreed with all of those sentiments and so i i was i was ready before she was but i was patient and so kind of the two-year anniversary was sort of this moment and um and so then we started having sex um but it was always kind of just you i always felt like something was off or just something was sort of awkward and i chalked it up to well uh i was her first she was my first and so we're just kind of figuring this out and pretty quickly learned yeah this doesn't feel like the movie show it's supposed to be like and Okay, it's we'll we'll just go on a journey, and and so we we took our time. We dated for seven years, but really kind of knew I wanted to marry her. Um, it didn't take that long for me to sort of decide. Yeah, she's the one. But we just were very deliberate. Took our time. We're we're focused on college, and we were having sex, and it was okay, and um, but it wasn't happening very often, and. But we were young and there was a lot going on and it was very exciting because we were we were Twitter painted as the Disney as as the Bambi film says. So it was like, okay, let's just discover this. We got married, finished school, and we had a great honeymoon. We went we went to a, a tropical place and um that was that was the first time she let me like um have penetrative sex without a condom and that was kind of a big marker for her like we would just use protection while we were dating because she really didn't want to get married and I was like yep that sounds great and so anyway that that sort of just was for me for the guy just awesome like okay we're married like now it's like 
we don't have to worry about that. If we get pregnant, like that's okay now. We don't feel like society will judge us or we'll feel, um, you know, we'll feel bad. So some of the guilt I felt was removed. And so it was like the honeymoon was this wonderful, explosive, sex-laden uh, kind of week in the tropics that we had. And I just thought, oh, my gosh, we've arrived. It's here. It's great. This is we're in love. This is this is amazing. And from that point on, after we got home, for the next 12 years, it just slowly started to decline. Just a drip's pace, a little less and less frequent. Life got busy. Um, we had kids. That adds obvious factors in the mix. And, and cut to this year beginning of this year we had a very strong marriage two beautiful children we were we were fighting the good fight as parents with lots of support we felt like we were doing okay um had a handle on things and we were communicating we were trusting each other there was there was a lot of there was a lot of good energy being exchanged and a and a healthy household by any standard but sex had dried up it was maybe we would have sex maybe once a month every six weeks this years ago when it started really becoming infrequent i would we would try and bring it up and talk about it i would bring it up and talk about it and we'd go round and round and always just end up stuck with no no solution um and we would both walk away feeling both of us feeling guilty both of us wondering, is it my fault? Both of us feeling broken. We don't know why this isn't working. We know something is wrong. And we can't figure out what to do. I want to have sex more. And she doesn't. And I was I was wise enough to know I couldn't just blame her. Because I knew that didn't make sense. And that was probably not fair. I was smart enough to know that. And I thought, well, then it's just got to be me but i would talk to other friends and they were having sex more actually i wasn't really talking to any friends because guys didn't guys i knew did not talk about this i didn't have anyone to talk to i would bring it up in therapy occasionally but the therapy was centered more on like me and my career and just some more general ideas i never dove into marriage counseling or ever went to a therapist with my wife and so we just kind of, we were just alone with it and we had to always just put it on the, put it on the back burner, put it up on the shelf. We'll deal with it later. We'll deal with it next week, next month, next year. And, um, and it was the one thing we couldn't fix. And that was, was most puzzling. I was like, wait a minute, this is a good marriage. I love my wife and this we're doing, we, we do so many things. Well, why is this one area, the one thing that married couples have can claim that no one else can, that's unique to this kind of relationship, the, the closest, most intimate relationship. And even as a Christian thinking like, you know, this, this is, this is ordained by God. This is, is okay. We're doing this. Why do I feel so guilty? Why do I feel broken? Why, why can't we fix this? And we just couldn't. And it got to a point where we were so tired of, of talking about it because before we started, we knew it wouldn't get anywhere that we just stopped talking about it. And so it just became this thing, this, this fungus in the walls that just was always there. And, and eventually I, I became, I was becoming, starting to become resigned to the fact that, well, you know, Stuart, you grow up, you become an adult. A lot of things that you thought were true aren't, aren't true. Everything you thought you knew about sex was a lie. You can't fix it, so just deal with it. This is how, this is real life. Welcome to the real world. Buck up and move on. You're not going to leave her. You're not going to, you've got a good thing going. Don't ruin it and just deal with it. And so I I dealt with it through the use of pornography and um, and I, I just felt like I was always walking around like a loaded gun. I felt like I had this, at the time, I referred to it as a libido or a sex drive that was uh, annoying and a nuisance and like this dragon that I had to constantly feed. And um, 
And so, uh, you know, pretty frequent masturbation daily. And, and I thought, well, this is my life. This is just as good as it's going to be because I hate not having sex, but I hate more the look on my wife's face when I try and bring this up and try and fix it. She just would deflate and look defeated. And I just, I knew is the 117th time we've tried to talk and we, I knew it would, it would end in the same spot. Like, well, I don't know how to fix this. Well, neither do I. Okay. I guess we got to go make dinner <laughs> or I got to get up and get the girls ready for school. And then whim happened. But before I talk about that, did, did you have any questions about sort of the lead up? No, I just this, keep going. Honestly, this is really great to listen and to. And um, I would say we were in a very similar situation, really great marriage, loved each mm. other deeply. But then you go to my husband was using porn, but then you go to have that conversation and neither one of you knows what to do. And it and it kind of becomes a little bit of a blame. Well, is it your whose fault is it? Whose problem is it? Who where do we go from here? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, just keep going with this with your story. Yeah. Yeah. And and at my lowest, I was Googling like men's hormonal treatments. Like, how do I reduce my sex drive? I am I don't want I even Googled like penis removal surgery i mean it was crazy because i was like i i hate this thing i don't want it anymore i don't want to feel this way i don't want to have a sex drive i don't want to have sex with her with my wife anymore because when i do it is just accompanied with by guilt and shame and and feeling just stuck this is don't ask her don't even i mean i did and I would look at her and i would oogle her and i would slap her butt walking by and do all the things that i just thought well this is this is just me showing her I love her and react and and she would be cold and or just not reciprocate in any way. And it was it was I was I was convinced at one point like well Stuart she's just not attracted to you. She doesn't want sex. She doesn't ever think about it. It's just not in her biology. It's it's not in her system. It's not in her equations. And I, I was smart enough to know that if I tried to change her or to say things like, if you would only X, Y, Z, then things would be, you know, to look at, look at the problem face to face instead of shoulder to shoulder, that I would lose her, that I would ruin this. And we were both, I think, relationally literate enough to know we were trying to be teammates about this. But as teammates, we were we were standing side by side looking at the problem and we couldn't fix it and i was exhausted and she was exhausted and so we would just we didn't know what to do and that was and and i just thought well all right i'm i'm just not having sex anymore and just release the release the urges another way i knew i would never cheat on her i knew i would ne i never had it for a moment's thought I, and I, I would even use that to try and when we would have these talks about it and she would say, I feel like all you really want is sex. And I would say, I would say, baby, if I, if that's all I wanted, I could, I know I can get that elsewhere. I, the, it's not, it's not what I want. I want, it's you, it's the intimacy, it's the relationship, it's the thing you and I share as a husband and wife that no one else can look, can claim or did. Anyway, that was a part of the whole spiral and it never went in. So then. A month or two ago, she comes to me about this this class this this thing called whim, and she, I don't know how she found out about it. Um, but she had attended a, a pre Zoom call with hundreds of of listeners. Anyway, she just came to me one day and she was like, "Take a look at this website," and it was your homepage, and and it had those kind of questions like. Uh, you know, do you feel broken? Do you, do you, is this not getting anywhere? And we were just checking off everything. Like, oh my God. Yes. That's us. Oh my God. Yes. That's us. Oh my God. And she had attended the zoom call and was like, um, she was really excited. 
and she she came to me and she was excited and the topic was sex and I was like what's going on she has not approached me excited about anything to do with sex for <laughs> for, for years and she said I I want to what do you think about this and and I didn't know anything but she was excited and showing me stuff and was like she wanted to fix this and it was the first time in a long time that she had like actually expressed a desire to fix it and um anyway that that started a conversation and then another conversation and we kind of looked and can we do this can we should we sign up okay yeah let's let's sign up i mean i was just blown away that she I just could tell in her eyes. She was just like, all right, sure, let's, sure, let's try it. I mean, I didn't know what was in store. And it felt from, from the first just glance at stuff, it was like, okay, this is a class for wives. And it's called wanting it more. And so, you know, maybe she'll get some strategies or some tricks or it will not like, oh, this will fix her. But, but okay, I, I would love for her to do this and then come report to me on what she's learned and see what, we can do with it but then she was like actually there's like a husband support call too i was like oh really okay uh sure anyway and so i i ended up watching the introductory zoom call with the hundreds of people that she had watched because it was recorded and i watched it later and she was like i want you to watch this and tell me what you think i really want to know what you think i was like wow okay and I watched it and I was blown away and I was, it was very like, oh my God, yes, that's us. That's us. This is, this is exactly what we're dealing with, what we're going through. And you, Jana, were reading off comments. Every time you'd ask a question and the chat would just go nuts and you were reading off all these people saying, yes, 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 that's me, to, me too, me too, me too. And as, as a husband watching that, um, I was like, I, I I realized, oh my God, a lot of people are dealing with this. I'm not alone. Uh, no one else knows how to fix this either. Hun these hundreds of people don't know how to fix this. But here's this woman who who says like, let me guide you through. I have these paths and here is why you can't fix this and I can help you. And I was like, okay. So off we went and we jumped in and... Um, and it was a little bit of a leap of faith just because we know there's lots of snake oil out there and, and internet people saying, uh, you know, 15 ways to get rich quick or whatever. And, and I had, I had, I'm, I'm an academic, I, I'm a researcher, so I tend to really doubt, um, claims that are made until I can see the sources and the empirical evidence but you had a heck of a lot of uh, testimonials on your website. And when you scroll and scroll and scroll and it's like, well, okay. I mean, this seems legit. Let's jump. Let's just go for it. And I was so excited, like anything. It was, I was like anything to just break the cycle and get us talking again. Because then she, my, my wife would start talking to me. I, I watched, she watched the big Zoom call. I watched the big Zoom call. And then she was like, let's talk about it. I'm like, oh my God, we're talking about sex. And like, maybe there's a light. There's a, there's a hope for us. Like, okay, let's do this. And so we did it. We jumped in and here we are. And I got to say, it was the single, it, it mean, it was the, it was the best decision. It was the best thing to happen other than like our children, which is a given the best thing to happen to our marriage uh, since, since she came into my life, it changed everything. I, I am, I am here today to say it full blown convert. <laughs> I, I am, I am on board. It, everything changed. And that journey, the journey through the paths so is its own story and, and was, had some ups and downs um, because it was, it was a, it was an overturning, a, a complete dismantling of everything I thought I knew about sex, which we can get into, but um, that, that brings us to today, I guess, in terms of timeline. <laughs> Keep going, Stuart. This is great. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
So no one had ever explained to me just just what culture has done to to the um, to the to 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 teach me about what sex should be or should look like or feel or be experienced, and that um, that has to do with um, not only um, movies and TV shows, but what religion says about sex, um, what society says. Um, and uh, and even just what the medical community, certain words and terms, it is, it, it's it's everywhere. It's multifaceted, and those that first path was about compassion, and the combination of just of of eye opening education on here is why you think about sex the way you do and that it is not your fault and it is not your wife's fault it is just a fact or it's culture's fault um no one had ever explained that to me in that way and it was jaw-dropping and that caused um well, and then and then the paths following are all about so so anyway that compassion because that was that was what was missing. There was just shame and and um, I was disgusted with myself when I thought about what my wife you know thinks of me and I would look in the mirror and and look at my look at my gut and look at my hairline or look at my crow's feet and think well no wonder she's not attracted to you and those 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 the depressive voices would come rearing their heads and it's like well of course not look at you it's this is your fault you were the man you you pursued her you won her heart but you clearly failed in this area so own up and i don't know but own it just you're gonna have to you get to sleep in the bed you made literally <laughs> Um, on your side, never crossing that midline. So, so um, that first path was the first time I had ever ex ever given compassion toward myself for the situation we were in. And then what that also did was tore down. It was a it was a like the late night infomercials. Forget everything you think you know about sex. Because it was everything was gone. I had to remove it all and then begin this path of, okay, we need to create a space that makes her feel safe, uh, that has no pressure. Um, and what does that mean for her? I was I was watching the wives classes, Zoom calls, and, and then there were husband calls. And um, I was terrified at first because I thought how it's, it's like... Uh, a baby bird just falling out of the nest, hitting the forest floor, going, how am I going to, I got to go learn how to fly all over again or something. So we went through that journey and um, it was hard because I was, I'm so much about how I approach sex with my wife was me taking action, me taking initiative me trying to get her in the mood and be attractive to her, which was a responsibility that I carried. That she, the, the reason this isn't working, Stuart, is because you aren't, you aren't looking, acting, or, or saying or doing things that are attractive. And so you've got to figure out how to... And so to come to your model, which is actually so much more about what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to say what I say. We used to say, I'm not going to look at her. I'm not going to make the comments. Um, was was a complete departure from what I thought was going to be how I, how I fixed this. So, um, but we did it and we, uh, we tried it. We went through the paths and, and there was the, um, the reset, which was in, in one sense, kind of like, 
normal because we we don't have sex every you know it's only every four to six weeks or so as it is so the thought of not having sex for four weeks was sort of par for the course at that point but removing all the things i used to say and all the and becoming aware of what i used to say what i used to do um how i would touch her how i would look at her the comments i would make um that i thought were perfectly innocent but i was learning was making her feel very uncomfortable making her tense up and get a pit in her stomach and wince and ask what is he what is he really thinking what is he really getting at here learning that about myself and and watching her learn about herself because so much of watching so much of it was witnessing her go through the paths and saying yeah i i really never reconciled with how much my religious upbringing contributed to what i think about sex and feeling like her body, not liking her body at all, not wanting anything to do with her own body, treating sex in general as something that is shameful and um, dirty and um, no joy, no pleasure, and, and a chore, and something she was expected to do as a wife, and the pressure that felt. And I, I she would share those with me. We were talking every day every day about all of this which that was wonderful because it was like i mean it was excruciating witnessing her kind of go through and deal with learning things realizing things about herself and realizing how awful she would feel for through 12 years of marriage even just when i would say boy i had a great dream about you last night things that i thought well that i would want somebody to tell me that that would be lovely to hear but for her was just torture was just just pit just want to throw up and then for me to go oh my god baby i am so sorry that i made you feel that way and then for her to come back and go well no remember jana says it's not your fault and i'm like oh yeah that's right and so and then go okay let's turn to culture why you know and and process and analyze and just we are it was it was invigorating to talk again about sex even though I had no idea what the other end of this was going to look like and whether I could do it. And then we came to the path where we had our first XD. And, um, and it happened and we, we did it. We did it right. I was very intentional to, to be a, a responder and to create this safe space. And it was, it was, it was that nervous excitement mostly because I, I remember thinking, this is not sex. This is something more. I can't think of this as sex at all because the entire world that of sex that I knew has all been thrown in the garbage bin and there's literally a blank slate. And I was like, what do I do? Do I just, I think I remember in one of the husband support calls, I was like, hey, Jana, do I just lie there like kind of like a mannequin and just froze it? I don't know what to do. I was nervous. Um, and, but what happened was she came to me. And what I mean is I witnessed for the first time ever my wife navigating through a space of safety and zero pressure and 100% yes, where she not only was free to, to do whatever she wanted, but felt free to do it as well. And, and it wasn't about what happened. You know, then she did this or she instigated this or it, the touch happened here or there. It was just witnessing her breathing normally i mean she was fully present and and in a sense because i was able to get to a place of of doing nothing but respond to her i was fully present too because i had no agenda no ulterior motive no question of like well and then what's going to happen what's next what's the next course or whatever and when it was over i I mean, the color of the air had changed. The whole, everything just looked 
I felt like I had been unplugged from the matrix. I had no idea. And it, had, it doesn't matter what we did, the physical actions that our bodies took or even any of that, but the, to be witness to her and to see her and for her to see me and just to watch her, she was free for the first time. At least that was how I perceived it. And, and that was, that was it. I was, I was, I was hook, line and sinker. And I said, I said, we are never having sex again, Lisa. Because I don't ever want that. I want, I want this. This, this is, I, I didn't think this would get better. I, I, I didn't think the marriage, my marriage could you know, I was trying to get to that next rung of the ladder, but this course hopped me on a rocket ship that just went straight to the moon. It was that big a difference, but it was, you, I couldn't have anticipated it or, or, or been able to predict what it looked like. And it certainly was not what I thought the result of the class would be on, on my like first impression. And uh, one of the miraculous things that happened was my, for example, my, my pornography use dropped off a cliff because that was something I was nervous about. But when I, when I stepped into a reality where the connection and the fulfillment and the joy and the pleasure that I got to share with her and witness with her was exponentially greater than any model that I had previously uh, manufactured for myself. Pornography as a part of that uh, media sex model was, um, became just like ash, like, like the, you know, like when you're tasting something and it, and it suddenly is flavorless. It had no meaning. It, it was suddenly comical looking at even sex scenes in movies. You know, she and I started just recently watching a show on Netflix where that's, that's centered around real sleek, sexy characters that are kind of smooth talkers and dancing around each other. And there's lots of sexual tension. And we will just laugh as we watch. It's a great, it's a great show. We enjoy watching TV together, but we'll laugh and point and go media sex, sex model. <laughs> See what the, they need to take Jana's class. <laughs> oh, and, um, and it's a, and now, you know, I, I just look at people differently. Strangers I pass. I, I, I wonder If, if any other couple just can understand, could possibly understand the, the freedom and the, the amount of pleasure in the broad sense of the word that I now know is possible. And it's not like we've arrived. It's not like we're all done. We've crossed any kind of finish line. This will be a journey. Um, and, and, uh, that I will work at daily for the rest of my marriage and my life, but um, but it's 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 like it's like coming out into open air when you have been, or like an analogy you have used, Jana, about fish swimming in a polluted pond um, that then suddenly reaches fresh water. Um, and it's it's uh, it, it is it is like a nirvana like experience just to to realize that I can uh, that that's how a marriage could be could be experienced and and I'm no longer the the self loathing is gone and the fear that one more slip up and this whole thing may come crashing down is also gone and now it's just. It's just open field, and I could not be more happy, and I could not be more grateful for you and for and for this class. So, 
There. Here's my not so short story. Stuart, I mean, I'm just trying to hold back tears listening to that. <sighs> you know, this work has been hard for me. And, um, you know, I've had to fight a lot of battles to get here. And I've faced a lot of criticism, especially from men. And to hear your story and in the way that you have so eloquently shared it, I mean, I feel like I've arrived. Let me lift you up, Jenna, and, and support and encourage you to say that you are, you, this is absolutely what you need to be doing for our world. This is such a light that needs to be shined. It may exist in a dark corner and and i i cannot say i know the, the broad spectrum of men's experiences in this country and that that is very wide and varied and that um, i know i was blessed with a, being raised by a family and my wife was raised by a family that that instilled certain values that i think not every family does and and that in some areas of our culture and society we are lacking and are starving for that go far beyond this so i'm i'm lucky and blessed to have started from that place but it's just it's all a lie all that's all that cultural stuff and and but you but you not only brought me to see that but you didn't do it by slapping me in the face or saying you saying you have got it wrong or you need to wake up it was from a place of warmth and compassion and invitation to say let me let me walk with you for a time and show you tell you my story tell your wife my story and reveal to you a, a, a different path that I would hope at this point you have you have grounded yourself in the knowledge that it works. And I I I know I'm not the first and certainly hope not to be the last to to stand as, as a testament to the fact that it does work. And, and it's the it's the new model that we need. And I can imagine there's a lot of pushback or a lot of just, you know, it's one thing to acknowledge the culture and how it teaches men about sex. But it's another thing to fight in the right in the middle of that culture as you are trying to um, reach people and educate them. And to be a woman in this culture speaking to men uh, takes great courage and great fortitude and great um, love, <laughs> love of total strangers to, to be able to see someone you've never met and say, and say, I want good things for you. And I want you to be happy. And I want you to have the best marriage that you possibly can that people don't see. We don't see strangers like that anymore. If we ever, if, if we ever did, and I'm a, I'm very much a people person, and I, I tend to see the world like that. I, I tend to insist on seeing the good in all in everyone I meet, to a fault. So what you're doing really resonates with me, and and I, and why it's why I chose to become a teacher, why my wife chose to become a teacher, because we can we can see that in people which they do not yet see themselves, but it is that which they have always had within them. It's not like we are implanting this. It has always been there. It is to see the capacity of the human heart to, to reach and connect to another human heart 
and together create something that is a third thing, the, this whole that is greater than the sum of its parts. And there are other corners of the world that get it, but our culture, especially Western culture, has has been blinded into a certain degree by that. And I felt I felt a part of that, or just asleep to it, or um, duped, perhaps, uh, or just didn't know any better. There's an ignorance to it. There's a this is this is I guess what it is. Um. So you you absolutely are doing the world a service by teaching this class. Ah, oh, that was good. That was just all <laughs> so good. I feel, I feel like words are inadequate right now. As cheesy as that sounds, I feel like to be a bit self-indulgent here, you have just spent this time reflecting back to me exactly what my mission is, exactly what I have set out to do. And it's hard to articulate. So it is such a gift and such a joy to have you find the words to express that. It's just, it's a very surreal not worldly experience yeah <laughs> well i i i can use words i i can use probably a lot fewer words than i than i do use but um uh oh just it all comes from the heart jenna yeah and it's um i heard someone say that the enemy of the mortal enemy of shame is gratitude hmm. and perhaps it's it's having come out of the, the the end of this whim class now and and arriving where i have but i i feel i feel flooded with gratitude yeah for you for the class but for my wife especially and for for what she is now capable of. Yeah, it's it's um, I think that that word free, you know, that that's just keeps on coming up. And um and I want to I want to be free to talk about this more and with and yet I'm also in a structure, in a culture that makes what I talk about very taboo and shameful and hush-hush and secret. And so I'm working on it, Stuart. <laughs> I'm working mm. on trying to free myself um, and free women and free men. That's the that's the thing I didn't expect at the start of this journey. I didn't understand yes. that men were also not free. Even though it Paralyzed. looks like they are, yeah. Yes, I I didn't know until the XDs how much anxiety I was carrying with me from the from the moment I I hit puberty and first started thinking about girls. It was always here's what you got to do to get them. Here's how you pursue them. You got to say this. You got to wear this. You got to walk like this. You know. Watch this movie. This, you know, here's, here's whoever, you know, this actor, he'll show you how to do it. Do it like him. Do it like this, this other guy that, you know, do it like your friend, do it. And this is how you get the girl. And this is how you keep the girl. And this is how you get the girl to come like you, blah, 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 blah. And that never left. And it just became this weight on my chest, but I didn't know what it was. It's just like, oh, this is. 
puberty and it's kind of weird. And then you grow up and you, whatever your path is in terms of relationships and you find someone and you get married and that never went away. And especially when nothing was, was improving in the world of, in, in our sex life and that weight just got heavier. And I thought, well, why isn't this working? This is everything I know. This is all I know. This is all I know how to do. And, and I thought, I, I, you know, I, I learned after, it was only after this class that, that I realized that any, any time I would watch my wife step out of the shower or, or slap her butt walking by, or even just looking at her and say, you look beautiful today. I love that dress or whatever. That a part of me, for the part of me, it was excruciating because I knew that we were not free to navigate through that space that I was, that we were creating. Like, like birds in a cage. It's like, I feel like we have wings that are supposed to do something, but we're just walking around in a cage. I didn't, I couldn't name it, but I knew something was wrong. And of course it was obvious something was wrong because it just wasn't. It, it either wasn't what media says it would be, but it wasn't what we wanted it to be or what I wanted it to be. And and my wife knew it and she knew she couldn't meet my needs and ugh, all of that. So to, to go through these paths and then to, to build, to rebuild, uh, rebirth, um, you know, to take the, take the lid off the pot and let the flower start growing again it was like opening the cage and you, you can, it's like, wait a minute, I can fly. I can exit this. I can just, I had no idea. And of course you're just going to go straight into the sunset and just wind in your hair. Roll credits. Well, not really. <laughs> it, it continues <laughs> from there, but it's that, it's that euphoric yeah. to realize you know, you shared and, something in a coaching call, so I want to be sensitive. I don't know if you want to share it on the podcast, but it was so profound for me to hear. And I could see the faces of the other men. And I felt like it was a moment for all of us. And it does have to do with feeling free. You shared your experience of like when you got an erection, it would feel like the cocking of a gun. Yes. And then what you learned afterwards about how you could be free with your body. Do you feel comfortable sharing about that? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, erections for me, or just arousal for me, physiological bodily response arousal for me was also excruciating because it felt like such a buildup of pressure and it had to be released. I just had to do something with it. And early on, it was, oh, boy, maybe, you know, my wife can be involved and this will feel great. And then as in the later years, when things are so we're just so distant and we just this, this untouchable thing that it's like, I'm going to have to deal with this somehow. And I did. And it was not. I eventually grew to resent it, resent my own erections, resent my body. I did not want it to to react the way it did and to just be so distracted. And then, and then your, your classes about what to do and how to approach erections for the XD and to be a responder and to don't, don't fricking do anything as, as our guys classes come become kind of a mantra and that it doesn't mean anything, but that it's not bad, that it is just a fact, that phrase, it's just a fact. And I remember the first XD because I knew it was going to happen. I was like, uh, 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 I'm, it's, it's going to, I'm just, I'm going to screw this up. I'm going to, she's going to see it. And it's just, it's going to be over. But, but I was lying on my back. I remember. And she was just snuggling. And there it comes. And I remember looking down and going, it's just a fact. Oh, and, and the, the, this is, we're not, there's nothing. The erections were so linear for me. Like, have erection is step one and step 10 if there's 10 steps is orgasm so it's like first this which means this it's like it's like the salad that comes before the meal it's like this means that the good stuff is coming but 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 xd now a whole different mindset where it's just like 
Oh, that's there. And I remember, you know, I, I had, I have done a little bit of like mindfulness meditation and some of those schools teach that when you have an anxious thought in your mind, you're, you're not supposed to push it away or ignore it, but you actually welcome it in front of you. You name it, you acknowledge it, and then you just let it pass on. And there's breathing that exercises that some have. And so I thought, okay, I just took a deep breath. And it was quite a relaxing breath, surprising to me. And I just kind of looked down and I said, hey, man, how's it going? <laughs> like, I see you. There you are. And you're just there. And I'm just here and I'm just going to be. I, I, it was almost a, it was almost like try, not not like going blank in my mind or trying not to think about it, but almost just acknowledging like I'm here and there's my erection and we're just going to go ahead and just have an erection. And it actually eventually, after a few moments, went away. And that was the first time ever, <laughs> like in a, in a, like in, in a, in an intimate moment with my wife where she's involved and I'm involved that an erection was ever allowed to just go away. And then a little bit later, another one showed up and I was like, Oh, yep. Another deep breath. <laughs> and, and that was, you, you know, um, the first part of just this wonderful long two hour, just time with my wife in an XD and all the things that XDs are supposed to be. Um, that when I, when, when we were finished, uh, I'd forgotten. I'd even I'd forgotten about the erections, as if they never happened. It just became no more significant than getting hiccups. It's like, oh, I got hiccups now. In a few minutes, they'll be gone. <laughs> it doesn't mean <laughs> I've got to I've got to complete a checklist of things or certain actions must take place. Like, all right, I'll just go ahead and have hiccups. Like, it doesn't. It's not. Didn't it? Didn't distract me. It didn't come to the front of my mind and become the only thing I could think about or only, or like, what am I going to do with this? What happens now? It's like, nothing happens now. Just breathe and be here. And that, that changed the game. Yeah. I remember no more you... cocked gun, yeah. no more overfilled water balloon or whatever metaphor you. <laughs> yeah. yeah I remember just... you, you came back and it was like, guys, it can get hard and then it can get soft. Yeah. And then it can get hard and then, and then it can that's get all soft. That happens. <laughs> and it was so cool to watch all the other men, you know, almost like we don't we don't talk about this in culture, but here we are talking about it. We're talking about yeah. erections and penises and just just a fact, just biology, just bodies. I could and and, to, and you created this space for us to do that because I can't go get a beer with the guys, the buddies I usually get a beer with. Clink our glasses, take our first sip, and then go, then go hey, guys, by the way, did you know? <laughs> you should try <laughs> it. Just, <laughs> I, I might just, for comedic effect, I mean, I'm known amongst my friends to be goofy in certain ways like that, but to, to, to even just to be like, hey, guys, seriously, I want you to know you can get an erection and then nothing happens. Let me tell you a story. They're gonna be like, dude. <laughs> but that's that's there we are. It's Here we are changing culture together. One conversation over beer at a time. Thank you, Stuart, so much for coming and having this. I don't even I don't even know what to call it. It was it was it was really profoundly moving for me to listen to your story. And I feel really honored to be part of your journey. And, uh, you know, I hope you'll come back. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, let's, maybe we could get a group of you together and be, do a bit of a round table on the podcast. Cause I feel like there's just so much more to say. And I'm not a man and I will always be a, a student of the male brain and the male experience. So this is priceless to have your voice uh, for other men and for women to understand the male experience. So thank you so much. Well, I am honored to be able to talk and 
to be able to share my story. If it can help one guy out there who's on the fence or who's in, in it and can't, can't figure it out, then I feel like I have, you know, contributed something. And I'm, I'm the, I know not all guys want to talk. Uh, even, even when they perhaps take the class and, and they, things are better or improving um they just you know but I, I i love to share i love to share stories i love to hear other people's stories and i'm not perfect and i i am i will continue uh stumbling through this life and through this marriage with my wife for the rest of my life and that's the that's the joy of it uh you know i i am just as broken as every other human being on the planet and but but that does not mean that brokenness is not a direct uh, correlation to worthiness. Yeah. And being able to contribute and to love and to shine some light in this world that just needs it so desperately. Yeah. Especially in marriages and in homes and families. Cause it's just the, the way this will ripple to my, my what my home looks like. How my daughters are raised. This will, this class will will reverberate across generations in my family. Okay, so we have to say goodbye because I need a good (laughs) (laughs) thank you again, and thank you everyone for listening. And I'm sure we'll have Stuart back. That's all I'm saying. Okay, bye for now. If you've enjoyed this episode, I have a favor to ask of you. It's really hard to get the word out about a podcast about sex. What would really, really help is if you would leave a rating and a review. And I know that you get asked this all the time in different podcasts, but please, I beg you, it would really, really help so that more women who need this message will hear it. All you have to do is go into your Apple podcast app. It's the purple icon. And if you go to the podcast page where it shows my face, and has a little button that says latest episodes. If you scroll down past the episodes and you get to a section called ratings and reviews, there's a little purple writing thing that says write a review. If you click on that, it will ask you to give it a five stars. Actually, you can put any stars, but five is what I would love. And put a title and then write your review. Thank you so much for supporting this little venture here and I really am so grateful. If you are curious about wanting it more and how this program could help you want to enjoy sex more with your husband and you feel like it may be a great next step for you, you can go to janadentonhouse.com slash wanting it more to sign up for the waitlist, to learn more to see when we're running our next round. All right, that's it. I'll see you next one.